Hi, I'm Tracy Kidd with Information Security Media Group. I'm here with George Tubin of IBM Trustier. George, at IBM Trustier, you focus a lot on looking at emerging attack trends, and you're working with clients on developing products and investing in products that will help them deter some of the risks they see. You've talked about the industrialization of cybercrime. What does that mean? Basically, it, what we're talking about are, are cybercrime gangs, more private cybercrime gangs that are operating independently. And, you know, for a while we saw the proliferation of, you know, the cybercrime underground with a lot of different groups specializing in different areas, whether it's, you know, writing malware um, itself or writing various injections or, you know, mule activity, whatever it might be. Sort of putting this out there on the black market for anybody to, to be able to access. And, and we saw a lot of, you know, so, so-called amateur cyber criminals getting into cybercrime by just going out and learning how to use these tools and learning how to access experts in cybercrime out on the web. But now we actually see a rise in very private, tight cybercrime gangs um, operating around the world. You know, if you think of, you know, Dyer and Drydex and Shifu and some of these attacks uh, that we've heard about globally are really driven by these very tight, private, close-knit cybercrime gangs that you know, develop their own cybercrime capabilities. They'll focus on a certain geography um, until that sort of dries up, and then they'll figure out how to move to different geographies and, and use you know, very similar techniques, uh, maybe making some adjustments, certainly a lot of language adjustments, and then moving in, into those other areas. And because they're so close-knit and so, you know, so tight, it's very difficult to figure out as much about what they're doing and what's happening behind the scenes as it is more on the open black market that a lot of uh, folks you know, may have access to. So when we start to look at dollars lost and attacks that are happening around the globe, we are starting to see a much larger percentage, you know, in fact, probably the majority now is being done by these you know, sort of industrialized private gangs. So what kind of defenses do we put in place? Yeah, and we've been talking about this uh, probably since the first day we met, is, is that um, you know, the, this divide and conquer approach that the cyber criminals take is brilliant. You know, they come up with some attack vector, attack MO, and they go after a specific bank, and then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, they move to a different bank. You know, they're not going to continue to develop new techniques on the same bank. They develop a technique, and they try it with different institutions. So... Again, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time, financial institutions just have to do a much better job of collaborating and sharing information so that when a cybercrime gang goes after one institution and we see something that's shared among the institutions and, you know, industry groups like FSISAC is doing a great job with facilitating that and we just need to get a lot more participation. And at the same time, there's the vendor community that is protecting financial institutions across geographies across the globe that can see when things happen and, and see when certain attacks are unfolding. And uh, with that, they're able to quickly identify you know, the attack MO and what's happening so that when these cybercrime gangs try to move into different financial institutions or different geographies, the vendors understand what's going to happen and where they're going, and they can react to it very quickly and protect their customers with this sort of federated information, federated data. And that's where the FSI sec is kind of coming in to help, because it's 
facilitating more information sharing in a way that's more automated, I guess? Yeah, more, you know, private and automated and trusted and, you know, figuring out ways for financial institutions to actually be able to share and populate data that other institutions can use. You know, a lot of this stuff has happened through the back door, you know, where institutions would, you know, sort of form private email groups and private communications with certain other peer institutions. And that's great, and that's very helpful, but it's, it's not very automated. It's, you know, email, it's phone calls. And I think the FSI SAC is doing a great job of uh, being able to facilitate uh, the much quicker dissemination of information and then the dissemination of the information to a broader audience so that it could be shared with, with a wider group versus just these sort of, you know, private little groups that have been cobbled together. Right. You know, we're talking about industrialized cybercrime, these private cybercrime rings. How does that tie in with some of the emerging malware or cybercrime trends that we're seeing now? Yeah, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, no matter what um, techniques the cybercriminals come up with and no matter what defenses are put in place to block those techniques, the cybercriminals keep coming back with new techniques. So, you know, every couple of months we're talking about new, what's the new technique? What's the new technique? What's the new MO? So it's something you know we'll, we'll continue to talk about. Mm-hmm. Some of the latest things we've been seeing, though, are, are you know things like overlay attacks and redirection attacks, where the cyber criminals are recognizing that the financial institution has a lot of detection capabilities in place. Once their user tries to access the bank website, so the cyber criminals are redirecting that user through you know redirection and and sort of advanced phishing techniques away from the financial institution so the financial institution never sees that their customer is trying to interact with the institution but instead that customer goes and gets sort of entrapped by the cyber criminals they disclose their username password authentic you know secondary authentication and the cyber criminals are able to quickly use that to you know do account takeover and, and access the accounts without the institution ever even knowing that you know anything was going on. We're also seeing an increase in you know, remote access techniques where cyber criminals get malware onto an endpoint and the user logs in and authenticates and everything looks good and in the background the cyber criminal actually has access and control to that device and is able to then get into the account you know and do what they want. And the, these types of overlay attacks we're also seeing in the mobile space mm-hmm. as well um, as being really the most popular way right now that we're seeing um, mobile crime proliferate. Yeah, I think uh, there was a report that came out, I think it was last week, I actually blogged about it, but it was an overlay attack in the mobile space. Yeah, overlays are, it, it's, you know, it's it's the technique du jour. In both the mobile space and online space, we'll be hearing a lot more about it. There was one particular overlay technique that we were talking about in the, in the mobile space that, you know, we saw initiate in, you know, the Russian area, then it sort of proliferated out around the world. And now other cybercrime gangs are coming in and, and developing very similar approaches you know, for overlays that, that we're seeing more and more. Yeah, it's just like anything. Once they see that it's had success, right, it's, it'll, yeah, <laughs> it'll success catch on. Yeah, success success. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time again, George. Very informative. Well, thank you, Tracy. It was good talking to you again. We've just heard from George Tubin of IBM Trustee. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.